Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attack those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said fight. You can't fight. He said withstand. You can't withstand. He said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I, I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it as I said, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. We're glad you're here. Uh, today we have a couple uh, esteemed guests, uh, some friends on to talk about this topic. Are you ready? Easy Believism. So we have Dr. Bob Gray, uh, Chancellor of Independent Baptist Online College and uh, pastored for 40, 50, 60, 80 years. Uh, just kidding, but uh, uh, he's getting there, up there. And uh, Dr. Jeff Smale, who's the uh, president of Independent Baptist Online College. So I want to talk about this um, thing of easy believism. Let me <clears throat> frame it. I see all the time on social media, pastors and people talking about and talking against, quote, easy believism. And they usually throw Jack Howell's name in there. And here's how they say it. Oh, I don't believe in that Jack Howell's easy believism of one, two, three, repeat after me. Um, I've been in this for 34 years, and I've never heard anybody do one, two, three, repeat after me. So, Dr. Gray, you've been around for a while. Where did this come from? What is this? Why is this? And uh, what's going on with people attacking this easy believism? Well, it always raises its head every every generation, it seems like. Uh, but I, I it, it's uh, the kind of thing I don't. I've been soloing with a lot of these men who who push it, but we win souls the same way. So I've been at this thing for fifty years, and uh, I like Second Timothy two one and two. Commit thou to faithful men. My Bible principle is I go as far as they'll let me go. Um, so. I'll go <laughs> number one. We're all sinners and so on. And I'll go as far as I they'll let me go. But when they simply stop, then I stop where they stop. Uh, say, and I carry that on after I lead them to Christ. I'll go as far as they'll let me go. If they if they like me coming back by and checking on them, then I'll do it. If they don't get baptized, I, that's their choice. If they decide to stick with it and serve the Lord, that's their choice. So from the very beginning, 22 times in the New Testament, whosoever will is mentioned. 
the will is very, very important in this matter of the salvation decision. Paul said, to will is present with me. And so emotion cannot dictate and cannot run. So I deal with facts, scriptural facts, and I try to relate it by asking questions and so on. But I've done it the same way all, all, all these years. I, uh, I was a part of the first four-year class at Hiles Anderson College. I was there in the early days, and there was no one, two, three, pray after me. And I worked the first D division bus route to Joliet the very first Sunday. And we went slowly all day long, my family and I. Never, never heard of such a thing. Let me, let me throw something in here. In Acts 9, 5, on, on the road to Damascus, the scripture said, Jesus said to, to Saul, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. So it is hard not to get saved. Then when you go to Acts 26, 14, when Agrippa enters the picture and he rehearses what happened on the road to Damascus, he says again and repeats what Jesus said to him. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. So it is hard not to get saved. So the easy believism comes from, I think, I think, critics who are maybe somewhat jealous of, of the of the growth. I mean, I'm talking about great growth in the days when soul winning was aflame. A, a and I think is that, and I think laziness. I think just that most pastors are just downright lazy, can't get out of bed. I I, okay, I had a guy in Ohio. I'll quit with this one part. He called me and he said, uh, just how many do you keep? And I said, well, here's the way it works. You keep one out of 10. I keep 10 out of 100. Nobody keeps any more than anybody else. Nobody does. It's just a matter of uh, of working hard, spreading the more seeds you put out, the more you're going to get in. But you're not going to get, not everybody. You're not going to get everybody. Amen. Uh, Titus 2.11 says, the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. So God gives everybody a chance to be saved, but it's up to their will. So I go as far as they let me go. Great. And Dr. I know I've heard you make a statement all the time when you talk about this, uh, something about conviction. Uh, no conviction. Uh, what's that? No conviction, no conversion. Hmm. You can't, if you, it has to be conviction. That's why the Holy Ghost... These men of the past had the power of God in their hand. I've been soldering with Tom Malone. I've been soldering with Jack Hiles. I've been, I did not go soldering with John Rice. I did go soldering with Lee Robertson. So if you want to talk about the giants of the faith, I, I'm wow. talking about one-on-one. -on -one. And I'm just, I'm just saying to you that I, I noticed the power of God. My silent partner is the Holy Ghost. I put my finger on the, on the scripture. They, the Holy Spirit puts his finger on their heart. But if there's no conviction, there's no conversion. Uh, now, who, who, who's responsible for that? They are. They are. They can, okay, John 12, 32. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men. It does not say he'll save all men. It does say he'll draw all men. Now, yeah. that's a limit. The whosoever will factor then kicks in. And that is so true. And I was just going to use that verse also because... Um, so many times when I've started to witness to somebody, they're not convicted and they're not interested and they really don't want to listen, but it's polite or they don't know what else to say. And so you start 
we're all sinners. We got it. Make sure they understand that point. Number two, there's a price. It's hell. Make sure they understand that. You always show them that all liars will have their part there. And boy, that's us. That's me. That's you. But there's something about when you get to point number three and you talk about Jesus on the cross and what he went through and nails uh, in his hands and feet and, and boy, the crown of thorns in his head. It's amazing. When you start talking about the cross, it's amazing how you see that conviction. How I don't know how many times a teenage boy, he's just playing around, not really interested. And you start talking about that cross which is exactly what that verse said. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Next verse, this he said, signifying what death he would die. So many of these praise charismatic churches, oh, pray Jesus, pray Jesus, just lift him up and he'll draw all men. That's so, so out of context. Right. If I lift up Jesus, what that means is how he was going to die. When you talk about the cross, when you talk about what Jesus went through for me and for you, what does that do? It draws all men, that conviction sets in, and they realize, wow, he paid what I deserve to pay. I want to trust him as my savior. And so I love that phrase, no conviction, no conversion. What does it come from? It comes from the Bible. <laughs> talk to an atheist. and like, I don't believe the Bible. I'm an atheist. Oh, okay. Uh, guess what? It still cuts that sword. I don't think that sword will cut. How? Why did you do that? Okay. The word of God is powerful and it will bring uh, back. It's not going to return void, the Bible says. So to use it anyway, like you said, you take people as far as you can. There's some people, hi, how? Okay, that was it. As far as we're going, uh, you take people as far as you can go. And I teach that all the time. And uh, with my so many partners, you see, this is how far I could go and a little push kindly. Okay. No pushback. All right. Next step. All right. Push back. Okay. Thank you. Uh, leave the door open for the next person, uh, but no conviction, no conversion. And that comes from the word of God. Awesome. So uh, John Rice did one time he, he said, uh, well, what? somebody asked him a question, question answer. Well, what do you do if they don't believe the Bible? He said, if I'm standing in front of you and I have a gun in my hand and I'm pointing at your belly, and you tell me, I don't believe that's a gun. When I pull that trigger, you will. Yeah. And that's the word of God. Use the word of God. Now, Absolutely. What do with it. They have yeah. a will. Yep. My mama didn't make me get saved. I wanted to. Right. My mama made me get baptized. I wanted to. I'm retired now. I should, I ought to be in a shuffleboard court in Florida. Uh, but I do what I do because I want to do it. The will kicks in. Amen. So great. Dr. Smell, you've been around a couple of years. Uh, have you ran into this uh, easy believism? Um, and uh, go ahead, your thoughts on that. I'm still waiting for the to meet the person who believes that. Uh, it's criticized left and right. And every time I see a criticism on Facebook or something, I think, who are they talking to? Who are they meeting? I don't meet these people. I never see these people. I'm sure there's somebody, but I don't know who they are. And they can't be many. But I agree with Everything Dr. Gray just got done saying, which is rare. I don't always agree 100% with him, uh, but I do want this for sure, uh, because it's true. And uh, I, I think one of the things I learned from Dr. Gray as a, as a younger soul winner, I used to try and wrestle people a little bit too much with the gospel, and I learned not to do that, uh, to, to pray that our paths would cross the path of those who will listen and, and, and take it. And uh, so I've, that's what I've seen. And as far as how many you keep, it's true. You know, nobody keeps 100% unless you're not doing it and you're only, you know, winning one person a year. Uh, but I was in the, one of the first uh, early Fortify conferences and there were, uh, oh, there was like 10 people from my former pastorate in the congregation 
who had been saved at least 15 years or 20 uh, with our from our congregation, from our church, our soul winning program. And I brought it out in the, in the message because it dawned on me, you know, where are they at? Right there they are. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, you know, it, it's a bad excuse to try and get out of soul winning. It's a bad excuse to discredit soul winning. It's a bad excuse to try and get people to uh, be more Calvinist than they are uh, uh, evangelistic. Uh, and that's the, that's the way it is. Yeah. And you mentioned that uh, one out of 10. Boy, what was Jesus? How many did he keep? Of course, his disciples, all but one. But well, you look and see, he healed these men of leprosy. And you've all heard it said how bad leprosy is. I mean, your ear is rotting off. Your your nose is rotting off. You have to leave your family, your kids, your wife. Everywhere you go, it's unclean. They have to leave things outside for you to go get food. And so they were healed. All 10 of them were healed. And only one came back and said, thank you. I mean, it's amazing. If Jesus' record was one out of 10, how in the world do we think we're going to keep all them? And it is a way to criticize people that are trying to do it instead of people that are not. I, I always hate it when I hear missionaries that this church dropped them because they had too many people saved. Uh, yeah, you must be doing something wrong. You had too many people saved and they drop them. Boy, I would hate to be that guy to stand before mm. God um, and give an account for that. And so let me tell you guys what I have heard, um, the, the worst one. And so I assume the story is true. It was somebody that used to uh, work at the print shop uh, at House Anderson. This freshman came in and went to the print shop and said, hey, I need these verses printed up on a sheet and cut into small pieces of paper for me like okay john 3 16 and so they had him printed up on a sheet of paper and had a little small pieces of paper and so this kid okay freshman went out there and he and on saturday he go up to people and say hey uh, read this okay do you believe that oh well, yeah i believe that all right you're saved check and he counted them as a number <laughs> and so is there one in a thousand or one in ten thousand who's done something like that to give someone a bad name um if he stayed in the college i promise you he didn't keep doing that okay because somebody's gonna say son what are you doing oh yeah this is what i'm doing no they don't understand they have to understand they're a sinner they have to know that they deserve hell they have to know that jesus died buried and rose again to pay that hell for them and they have to accept Jesus as their savior. And it's amazing to me. I would love for anybody to go to the Bible and try to try to uh, explain away all the easy believism in the Bible. And so I don't run from the term because is it easy to believe? You know, what must I do to be saved? Here's the plan of salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. You know, when I get done with the end of um, going through the plan of salvation, I'll say sometimes to them, it's like, Pastor, is it really that easy? I said, honestly, it's really easier than I just showed you. Here's what Jesus said. And you quote John 3, 16. That's what Jesus said. Here's what Paul said. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's what Paul said. Uh, I made it way longer than what Paul did. Look at the thief on the cross. I mean, what did he what did he say? What did he do? I mean, what was the plan of salvation? How many verses did Jesus give to him? I mean, how in the world can people justify their anti-easy believism by looking at the Bible? Dr. Gray, how in the world? You ever heard anybody try to do that? I've I've heard of a lot of perversions. <laughs> uh but, you know, when you rightly, rightly divide the word of God, you come up with truth. When you do not rightly divide the word of God, then you come up with a lie. And one of the things, and you, you've got a podcast on this, and I, you, the Greek being your God, uh, if we just get an English, old English dictionary down 
and start looking these words up, we would not end up with perversion. We would end up with the word of God. The thief on the cross, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. The woman at the well. Um, and the stupid disciples went to the same town she went to. She brought back converts. They brought back hamburgers and uh, and said to Jesus, have you any meat? And Jesus said, I've got meat to eat. You know not of. He was referring back to Malachi chapter 3, where he says, there shall be meat in mine house. The English word meat there is soul. Let's talk about souls. And so he, uh, but they didn't bring any converts back. They brought back hamburgers. And I think a lot of, a lot of what we have is poor teaching in Bible colleges. That's why Independent Baptist Online College is so vital because we're talking about faculty administration, 30 years average in the ministry. Uh, and it's sad, but they are misled by lazy faculty members. That's why I like what Dr. Hiles did. You're going to teach here. You're going to work here. You're going to this route. You're going to go soul winning. You're going to produce or else you're not going to teach. Uh, Acts 1.1, Jesus began both to do and teach. The do came first. The teaching came second. Mm -hmm. And that's where Paul got it. That's where Timothy got it from, from them. And that's where the uh, many others got it. Yeah. Dr. Smale, uh, have you... Uh... Why are people teaching this? What is, uh, what is their Bible verse doctrine to teach against easy believism? Because every story you look at, wow, it's easy to believe. Well, man has always complicated the gospel, always. You go back in the Bible days, and they, you know, they're going to add circumcision to, to believe yeah. it on Jesus. And there's always going to be somebody that's going to hyper the position beyond belief and in simple belief in Christ. And um, so it's, it's always been a problem with man because I think man does understand this is easy, but that's what the Lord wanted. You can't be whosoever. It's going to be hard because there's a lot of people couldn't grasp it. You, you guys both know uh, my wife and I have been responsible for starting 32 uh, special needs ministries and uh, churches in America. Now you're talking about people that uh, they didn't go to, in many cases, didn't go to a regular high school, like a public school. They went to a special needs school. Uh, if they went at all, they didn't go to college. They didn't go to Bible college, and yet they can be saved. Uh, there's some that you simply can't understand, but there are many of them that, uh, that I, when I was a pastor, I baptized them myself that went, went through trusted Christ as Savior, were born again, Amen. and showed the fruits of it if anybody doubted it. And we're very faithful in the Lord's work. And some of them are in heaven now. It's that simple. And it's supposed to be that simple, or it can't be whosoever. Amen. Well, it is amazing what you just said. Uh, and I know, Dr. Everett, you say this, but we, we want adults uh, sorry, we want children to have an adult-like experience. God wants adults to have a childlike experience. Um, when Jesus talks about, if anyone offends these little children that believe in me, these little children have believed in Jesus. And so it's amazing. I, I don't even like telling the story because um, uh, I know it could be criticized, but my when we started our church, my son was my soul winning partner. And uh, he was two when we started the church and at three and four. And so I went soul winning. I need somebody. Hey, son, let's go. And so we'd have fun and go soul winning him. And so at three, he had all the verses memorized. I mean, the whole plan of salvation, every verse memorized. And he would uh, he was a great Holy Spirit convictor. Dad, aren't you going to show him how to go to heaven? <laughs> uh, yes, son, I was just getting ready to. Thanks for helping me. You know, what do you do when your kid says that? And so at three, he wasn't 
four yet. Daddy, when can I get saved? Daddy, I know I'm a sinner. And he quote the verse. Daddy, when can I get saved? Daddy, son, what have you done wrong? I hit my sister and I know I'm not supposed to. I know it's a sin. Daddy, when can I get saved? Dad, dad, I know I deserve hell. Here's what the Bible says. Daddy, I know Jesus died for me. Daddy, when can I get saved? He's three. Son, you, you, you're too young. Daddy, when can I get saved? Convicted, knows he's a sinner, has all the verses memorized. He's three. Wow. So I made him wait till four and he and he got saved. Um, and um, wow, and that's what the Bible says. A child, well, I don't think a little child can understand. Okay, you be the dad when he quotes all the verses and he's going to soulmate with you and he's convicted and he knows he's a sinner. What do you do? Um, so that's what God said. I think part of the big problem is too, and I think we're trying to get the cart before the horse. We want people as preachers to live holy, we want them to live right, we want them to do right. And so we put that as a part of salvation all the turn from your sin and, uh, you know, are you willing to? give up this, this, this before you get saved. Um, I don't know. No, it, you trust Christ. The Holy Spirit works at cleaning you up. It's not our job to get them to get rid of those things before. And um, I think a lot of times we're trying to add that in there, which great, man, we want them to live holy and do right. That's the Holy Spirit's job to help clean them up in the preaching to salvage them that believe after they're saved, but we're saved by believing on Jesus. Dr. Gray, do you see that? Or are they, you see people trying to put those two things together the sanctification, no, I think the, the desire, justification. There's a natural desire. You you want your child to grow physically. You you want the child to grow mentally. Now you have a young convert, a babe in Christ. You want them to go spiritually. But the Bible says the just man falls seven times. Now you're going to have a difficult time. Well, I don't think that guy saved. He, he committed adultery. Well, you, you're talking about David in the yeah. Bible. Yeah. Well, he killed a man. He can't get. Well, you're talking about Moses. I'm right. Talking, uh, I led a guy to Christ in Starville, Texas, and uh, it was on the porch, and he looked at me, and he said, it's no use, Pastor. I can't get saved. I said, well, mm. fine. He said, I took a shotgun in this porch and blew a guy's head off. He said, it was justifiable. It wasn't murder. He said, but you just don't know the nightmares I have night after night after night. I can't get out of my head. And he said, no, no use. I said, well, let, give me just a few minutes. So let me sit down at the kitchen table and talk to you. Mm. He said, okay, you can do it, but I'm just telling you it's not going to do any good. Wow. Uh, so I sat down at the table and I went through the Bible. Now, this is his words now. When I got through, he said, ain't that something? Most <laughs> of the Bible is written by murderers. <laughs> and that's what led to him getting saved, him and his wife and, and precious kids. And uh, so, uh, you know, a just man falls seven times. I mean, Come on, you're going to have a difficult time. You're not God. You don't know. You don't know who's saved. Some are saved by skin of their teeth and just barely make it. Well, if we're the judge of it, we'll send everybody to hell. Well, the Bible says, though, you shall know them by their fruits. Uh, it's amazing how they don't know where that's at or what that's talking about. I've asked them, okay, well, where's that out in the Bible? Uh, I don't know. Uh, what's the context? Who? You should know them. Uh, what's the antecedent to them? I, I, I don't know. Oh, let's go look at Matthew chapter 7 and see. The antecedent is false preachers. You shall know them by their fruits. If you start looking at Christians and judging whether they're saved or not by their fruits, you're going to have a real hard time for Lot and David and Moses and Peter, cursed for, denied Christ, quit, went fishing. How in the world are those guys saved? Okay. But God said they are. So the preachers, you shall know them by their fruits. And here we go. If a Christian is judged by their fruits, the fruit of a Christian is another Christian. 
So every Christian who's not leading people to Christ, and guess what? They have no fruit. And so guess what? If you're going to judge them by their fruits and they're not saved, that's wacky, crazy doctrine. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you're saved. That settles it. And the Holy Spirit, the work of sanctification is ongoing after that. Dr. Smale, any uh, thoughts on this and before we close this out? Yeah, I just told this story uh, Sunday preaching in a church. Um, when I first gave my life to the Lord, I was saved in a backyard Bible club when I was nine, but I, I was in a Presbyterian church that taught me nothing. And it was the local uh, Baptist church in town that had the backyard Bible club. And that's where I got saved. So that's all I was. I was saved. I wasn't growing at all. And uh, it wasn't until I was 19 that I got into a Bible preaching church and man, the lights came on and, and things started making sense. Well, I surrendered my life to live for the Lord and uh, started following him and serving him. But I came into the church, into this Bible preaching church with long hair. Now, right now, I just long for hair. <laughs> uh, I, I had long hair then. And it was over my ears, on my collar and everything. And I was trying to grow those lamb chops in like Elvis, you know, half in, half out. And uh, they looked hideous. Uh, and here I came into the church, and one of the first things they gave me to do in the church was to get involved in the bus ministry, looking like that. Now, my pastor had a lot of wisdom. He didn't immediately, you know, open the truck and, and dump everything on me. He gave me some time to grow. Now, I wasn't smart enough to pick up that nobody else in the congregation looked like me. And so I just kept going. And then one day I sat in his office and he would meet with me once a week because he didn't know me. I came from the outside and he was just, you know, he would teach me something or we just chit chat. He'd get to know me. And one, one day he said, Jeff, he said, what do you think you get getting your hair cut like a man? And uh, what are you going to say? No, I like it like a girl, you know? And uh, so I, I went back and told my girlfriend, she lived with her parents. And I said, the preacher says, I got to get my hair cut. I need to get my hair cut. And I showed up that night for church with my hair cut. It looked bad, but at least it was over my ears, off my collar. And it was respectful. Now, if he was judging me on my salvation by the fact of how I looked, I wouldn't have been saved according to him. But he knew I was saved. Yeah. It was the fact I hadn't grown enough in the Lord, and he gave me the grace, and then he didn't let it go forever. He, you know, this is the, the, the danger that some preachers do. They let that go forever thinking you'll pick it up on your own. You won't. Somebody's got to lead them. But he gave me enough grace to, to grow to when, when he did draw that line, I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't get bitter and mad and leave the church. I took it as, as this is what God wanted me to do. So you can't look at somebody and say they can't be. I probably in my ministry, probably only two times in my life, did I ever come across somebody that I really did not, after knowing them, I really didn't think they were saved. It had nothing to do with all the works, but it was people that just would never use the name Jesus in any conversation, would never talk about him, slept through preaching. And, and it's like, okay, you have nothing. But I know everybody's on a different level. Everybody grows in a different level and a different pace. And you can't measure one by the other, uh, but you do need to see some movement, some point. Uh, it could be small, though, very small. And I think we're way over judging that, and we should give a whole lot more grace than what we do. God's well, you know, they're, to they're babes. They're babes. Want to give to others? They're babes in Christ. The Bible says, yeah. "Have a baby, bring it home, put it in the crib, and hey, hey, kid, supper's at six. If you want to come, come to the table. Well, you got to pick them up, change a diaper, burp them, feed them." And take them to the table. Well, these people that get saved, they have, they receive Christ, but they don't receive character. Yeah. And Sunday morning, they're going to sleep till noon. I don't saved or not saved. 
That's the character level. And call the poor. Why are they poor? Can't get out of bed. Can't go to work. Can't get things done. So we have to understand our part. Ye which are spiritual, restore such in one. There's our part of the Holy Spirit will do his part. We've got to physically be there with a handout and teaching and, and, and nurture. And that's, that's after salvation, not before salvation. Salvation is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And so Thank is it easy to believe? Yes, it is. Now, uh, they say that's cheap grace. We can talk about that at another time. But uh, what Jesus did on the cross, he paid it. Was it easy for him? No. Was it cheap for him? No. But grace is undeserved favor. Um, what does it cost us? Nothing. If it did, it wouldn't be grace. It would be works. Okay. Right. Oh, you got to believe in cheap grace. What other kind of grace is there? It's undeserved favor. That's what God gives us. He did the work. He paid our hell for us, but he gives it to us as a free gift. And hey, speaking of free gifts, we have a gift we'd like to give to you. If you want to see, oh, are they teaching easy believism over there? Uh, we'd like to give you a free course on personal evangelism. I teach it. I'm not going to get paid for it. And that's okay. We will give it to you for free. Okay. And uh, you can see it's a two credit course and where we go through everything. And when you hear, and I'll just give this on the plan of salvation, a little tip, every point you go back and repeat the last point, just for like preaching, you got a four point sermon, point one, before you go to point two, you mentioned point one again, before you go to point three, you mentioned point one, point two, and then point three. By the time I go through the plan of salvation, I've counted it. They have heard the plan of salvation. They've heard the points that they need to know five or six or seven times, even when we pray. And again, we know we'll talk about that sometime. It's not a prayer that saves you. It's believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. But when they call upon the Lord and confirming that, then we pray through the plan of salvation again. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And I've had people stop. Well, wait, I'm not a Okay, let's go back. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, I am. All right, and then we pray again. Um, if, if they don't get saved, it's on them. It's not on me because they just heard it four, five, or six times. When I get done, they can repeat it back. They know it well enough because they heard it over and over and over and over. I don't want to stand before God. And I, why did you flippantly go through this with him and he didn't understand it mm -hmm. and you marked it down? Okay, I don't want that. If they didn't get saved, that's on them. I did everything I could to show them the word of God, make sure they heard it, make sure they understood it the right way. So if you'd like that, you can email me and I'll, uh, we'll make sure you get the code for that. Dr. Baker at ibaptistcollege.com. Dr. Baker at ibaptistcollege.com. We'd love to give you a free course on personal evangelism uh, so you can get stronger and help. If you want to check us out and criticize me, hey, there you go. We'll give you the class for free and let you do it. Okay. So um, Dr. Gray, any uh, closing words before we uh, end this one? No, sir. I just, you just keep talking to people. You find somebody that wants to be saved. That's, and that that's is it. And I, we learned that from you and uh, boy, it's amazing how many times I've gone out hundreds of times, Lord, I have no idea where to go. I have no idea who to talk to. Lord, would you please lead me to that person that's closest to hell? Would you lead me to somebody who right now is thinking about and concerned and needs and wants to be saved? And the craziest stories ever, how we ended up at this spot and we knock on a door or we see somebody on the side of the road it's like, how did you know? I was just thinking about that. I didn't, but the Holy Spirit did. And so when you find people, listen, they've already been watered. 
They've already been planted. They've already been watered. They're just waiting for somebody to come and to bring the increase, to, to pick that fruit that's ready to be saved. I wonder how many people don't start out soul winning that way, you know? And we've knocked on doors of people that we knock on all the doors and and uh, the richest homes in our town, the poorest, and we've done all that. But boy, you want to show somebody how to go to heaven? I promise you, God wants to save more than you. He will lead you to people who want to be saved and how sweet and wonderful that is. So Dr. Smale, any closing uh, for you? I have an illustration. Do we have time for it? You got it. <laughs> when I was pastoring in Elyria, Ohio, I had a young man in our church who was in the military. He was stationed in Germany, and he he met a girl there, a German girl, and he, he brought her back to the States to meet his family. And he said to me ahead of time, he said, she does understand some English, but if you preach fast, she's not going to understand it. Well, you know, you probably couldn't catch it, but um, but she's going to come. I'm going to bring her to church, and I'd like you to talk to her afterwards because I don't think she's saved, and I'm not sure I'm getting across to her. And uh, so I took her in my office. He and, and I and him, we sat down, and I don't know what was going through my head, but I, I had forgotten the fact she was German, and he said I have to slow down. So for some reason, I thought I needed to yell at her. And so I started off with the Romans Road, and I her name was Barbara. I said, now, Barbara, and I'm talking real loud. I said, uh, the Bible says in Romans 3 that all that is none righteous, no, not one. And I'm going through all of it. About halfway through the Romans Road, it dawns on me. She's not deaf. She's German. And uh, so, what am I yelling at this woman for? And uh, so I just slowed down and talked to her. And I got through the whole Romans road. I said, do you believe the Bible's true? She said, yes. I said, do you believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Yes. Would you be willing to pray and receive him as Savior? She said, yes. And she bowed her head. She prayed the sinner's prayer, trusted Christ as Savior, then looked at me like, what's next? You know, and no, no smile, no tears, nothing that showed that she was happy about nothing and just had that, you know, that stoic kind of German look on her face, like what's next, you know, and in my mind, the first thing I said is, I don't think she got saved. <laughs> She's just nothing here. You know, that's how bad we get with this judging thing. And uh, so she left, went back over to Germany. About two months after that, I got a call from a German missionary, independent Baptist missionary. He said, uh, are you Dr. Smale? I said, yes. He said, was there a Barbara Wurstberger at your church recently, last couple of months? I said, yes. He said, well, she said you led her to Christ and she wants to get baptized over here. And I wanted to make sure she's saved. I said, yes, I led her to Christ in my office. He said, okay, she's in every service with us. And uh, she wants to learn soul winning and wants to grow. And, wow. and he contacted me six months after that. He had made her a Sunday school teacher. Wow. And, uh, and probably a year and a half after that, he, he gave me an update. She was still in the church, still growing after souls. Sometimes you think, well, they didn't get it. They don't know. Just because they didn't smile at you or, or, or shed a tear doesn't mean they didn't get it. It's we need to trust the Lord and let the Holy Spirit do his work. And that's the end of that routine right there. Uh, great, great story. I love Brother Howell's story. He was on someone on Saturday and led two men to Christ. Uh, one man, so excited, happy, tears, family shouting, rejoicing, loved it. I'll see you tomorrow, preacher. Thank you. And the next guy, come in. Yes, yes. Yes. Would you like to trust Christ? Yes. Dear Jesus, save me. Amen. Thank you. 
done. Brother Oz walked out and said, man, that guy didn't get it. Man, he just were trying to get rid of me. Guess who faithful Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and Deacon, which one of those two guys? You want to take a guess? <laughs> the stoic guy, you know, believed it, trusted Christ, God saved, faithful 20, 30-year member, Deacon. Uh, boy, it's amazing how we judge people, whether it's there, what we think is going on in their life. That's not our job. Show me anywhere where we're the judge of that. Our job is to warn them, share it, tell them, preach the gospel to them. It's their job to get saved and the Holy Spirit's job to, uh, to clean them up after that. So, hey, let's do our job, okay? Stop criticizing people. Go out and do it. Go tell somebody how to go to heaven, okay? Uh, go do that. Let God take care of his part. So is it easy to believe? Absolutely it is. And if you make it hard, if you make it hard for someone to get saved, you are not biblically giving someone the plan of salvation. Go read all of Jesus' examples. Go read all of Paul's examples. See that child that believed in Jesus. And you tell me, is it hard or is it easy to believe? Yes, we have to understand we're sinners. Yes, we have to know we deserve hell. Yes, we have to know Jesus paid it for us. And I always put it in there. Look, Jesus, born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, never sinned, because I know there are people that believe that Jesus is a different type of Jesus. I need to make sure they understand he's God from Jehovah's Witness, and, and Jesus is God. God put on human flesh and explain that. Um, make sure they know those things, but don't make it, quote, hard to be saved. It is easy to trust Christ as their Savior. So God bless you guys. Have a good one. Go uh, email me, Dave, Dr. Baker at ibaptistcollege.com, and would love to give you a free course on personal evangelism. Let's do what we can to win this world of Christ and show them it's Jesus who loves them and wants to give them a free gift of eternal life. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at thefundamentalbaptistpodcast at gmail.com.